Today on Hardwired. When the stresses of life hit you, you know what makes it a living hope? No matter what's coming your way, no matter what has come against you, how the enemy has unleashed himself against you, you can stop it all in the middle of the stresses of life and just say three words. Say it with me. He is alive and nothing else matters. Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's program, you can always listen to it at our website, hardwired.org. You may have been listening to the program for a while or possibly just tuned in. Well, I want you to know that we do this for you. With a world that is searching and coming up empty, it's nice to know you can land on this message of hope and truth, something we all need to hear. So let's jump right in with today's program. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up in today's edition of Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. A very popular book came out some time ago that said this life was maybe our best life, but that is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we should all as Christians hold on to a living hope. That's what the Bible calls it, a living hope. Well, what is our living hope? Well, we're gonna see today that our living hope is the hope that Jesus is coming back, that he will take us into his own presence and we will be escorted into a place of glory and bliss and joy forever and ever, eternities upon eternities long. So grab your Bible. I can't wait to share part two of the message, A Living Hope. I'm excited. Let's look at what the Bible says. Let me talk to you about a living hope. It says, praised, honored, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his boundless mercy, we have been, what everybody? Born again. Now look what happened when we got born again. To an ever living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now notice the connection, born again, released ever living hope. And where that come from? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I wanna tell you today, He's risen, and because he's risen, there is hope. Now, I want you to notice, and this is what really jumped out at me this week. Peter doesn't just say that we've been born again to hope, but he called it living hope, hope that is alive. And that's what really began to talk to me. Now, what is hope? Well, here's what the dictionary tells us hope is. It's an emotional belief in the possibility of positive outcomes in the circumstances within one's personal life. When you have hope, you believe that there is a possibility for positive outcomes in your own personal life, and that's hope. Now, when I read that verse this week, it made me think that not only is there living hope, but you can stick a lot of adjectives in front of the word hope. A lot of things pass for hope today that turn out to be faulty hope. We birthed this church in hope. You got married in hope. You had children in hope. 
You got your job and hope. You get up every day and hope is a part of what you get up with. You got to have hope to live. The Bible does not talk about maybe so, maybe not, hope so, perhaps so, maybe so, if so. Biblical hope is not just a desire for something good in the future. It's not a hope so, maybe so, perhaps so kind of hope, but rather biblical hope is a confident expectation that something good is in my future. Bible hope is more than these things. It's called living hope, and that means it's there all the time. Now, let me give you an example. Happened to me this week. Last Friday was Good Friday. But Good Friday last Friday was not a good Friday for me. How many of you ever had a bad Friday on Good Friday? Hey, it wasn't a good Friday for me. The night before Good Friday, I developed a major cold. That's always bad news for me because they usually last for days. And first thing that went through in my mind was, uh-oh, I'm not going to have a voice on Sunday morning. Well, I'm doing just fine, let me say. But I was worried about, oh, I've got a cold now. It came up on me, wicked sore throat. I couldn't breathe and it kept me up most of the night. The thought of Easter Sunday and two services instead of one sat on the front burner of my mind and I thought, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And on Good Friday, I called the doctor. Can I just tell you, I love doctors, but I hate going to the doctor's office. I called the doctor and they said, yeah, you need to come on in. And so I had to go in and get a shot to get rid of the whole mess. That meant I was going to have to go into the doctor's waiting room with a bunch of other snorters and sniffers and wheezers and sneezers. And I got to tell you, I come from a germ phobic family on my dad's side. When I go into a doctor's office, I feel like wearing a hazmat suit. <laughs> and I breathe deep before I walk in and I try to breathe very little. I keep something over my face. I plead the blood. I put on the full armor of God and I rebuke the enemy off of me and all the bacteria and all the germs. And I pray that God will help them get to me quickly. And they never do. <laughs> they never do. You know why they don't? Because they don't have to. So I sat there and kept something over my face, letting everybody think that I was real sick, but I was really warding off the germs. <laughs> got my shot on Good Friday. This was Good Friday. And I walked out, got into my car, turned on the radio. And what did I hear? Sunday morning, thunderstorms, hail. The only thing they didn't say was snow. <laughs> when? From 7.30 to 11. It's going to be bad. It may have hail. I'm listening to all this and I know you're hearing the same thing. And I said, oh, Lord Jesus, do you still like me? That's the biggest day of the year. But let me tell you what happened. I'm driving home through the predictable rush hour traffic and I'm thinking about all these things and I'm sorting and I'm sniffing and all of a sudden, the peace of God just flooded that car. And I thought, he is risen. He is risen. Now, let me tell you what that means. Let's pretend that you won the lottery and you won a hundred million dollars. And that hundred million dollars went into your bank account and you go home and you get it in the mail and you open the mail 
And there's bill after bill, water bill, house bill, mortgage bill, electric bill, all kinds of bills. And you begin to feel stressed and you begin to feel worried. And then all of a sudden you remember, I have a hundred million dollars in the bank. You know what that means? This doesn't matter. Now watch this. When the stresses of life hit you, you know what makes it a living hope? No matter what's coming your way, no matter what has come against you, how the enemy has unleashed himself against you, you can stop it all in the middle of the stresses of life and just say three words. Say it with me. He is alive and nothing else matters. That's why the song says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. You say, well, you've just got a crutch, a religious crutch. Well, guess what? I'm not having to smoke it, snort it, shoot it, or drink it. Say with me, he is alive. I don't know how people make it without Jesus anymore these days. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how you do it without God in your life. No wonder they're smoking it, snorting it, shooting it, drinking it to numb the reality. But there is a better answer. And his name is Jesus and he is risen from the dead. And we're here today to celebrate the risen Savior. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And when you say he is risen, it just gives you a victory in life. That's a living hope. Now, the second thing a living hope means is that we've got a living hope in the hour of death. Now, let me tell you, I don't know if you know it or not, but every one of you is going to die someday. And so am I. We don't even like to hear that, do we? See, when I said that, it went, whew. don't be a bummer on me today now. I don't want to hear about dying. Well, let me tell you, we're all going to die. But as you know, that a living hope means we've got hope in the hour of death. Listen to what the Bible says, quote, it's logical that the Savior took on flesh and blood in order to rescue us by his death. It goes on, by embracing death, he destroyed the devil's hold on death and freed all who through the haunting fear of death were held in bondage throughout the whole course of their lives, scared to death of death. I'm not a psychologist, but I'm gonna tell you, I thought a lot about it and I think this. I think most of the fears that torment people have their root in the fear of death. Mankind's greatest fear is that of ultimate leap into the unknown called death. We think things like this. What's gonna happen to me when I die? Is there anything beyond death? Will I know or be aware of anything or do I just return to the dust from whence I've come? What happens when you die? Woody Allen once quipped, I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> now, let's be honest about something. If Jesus Christ is unable to meet our need for help in the hour of death, this whole service and everything we stand for is a fraud. Because Jesus said, I will rise after three days in the grave. I will rise from the dead. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. 
You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus not only said he would rise from the dead, but Jesus said, I'm coming back to get you. Jesus does comfort us in the hour of death, and that is living hope. This week, I, I called a guy that I ran into at Starbucks a uh, number of months ago, about five months ago. Hadn't seen him in a long time, and he began to share with me that he'd been through some real tragedies. He said, I've lost my marriage, and I've been through a ferocious battle with drug addiction. He is a restaurateur, owns a very successful restaurant, but been through real struggles. And I said, man, I'm going to be praying for you. Come see us at church sometime. Well, this week I called him and I invited him to church. I don't know if he's here in this service or not, but uh, he said he would come. And he said, when I called him last Thursday, he said, Jeff, something happened to me since last time I saw you. I said, what happened? He said, you know, I live alone now, divorced, and I've been in this battle with drugs and have had the victory, but it was a rough one. But I woke up early one morning with this terrible pain in my chest. And he said, here I was alone. And at first I thought that it was an anxiety attack. But the more I sat there, the worse it got until I knew I was having a heart attack. And so I called 911 and in the dark alone, in my house alone, waited for the ambulance. And it got so bad, Jeff, so excruciating that I really thought this was my home call. I thought this was it. This is when I'm gonna die. He said, and all of a sudden, peace flooded my soul. And he said, Jeff, I was ready to go home. I was ready to meet God. There wasn't any fear in me. And so I sat there and the more I sat there, even though the pain got worse, the peace grew stronger. By the time the ambulance got there, I could have gone or I could have stayed. That's what I call living hope. Living hope. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment, but first I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program, but don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all of the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. Or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. Living hope means at the very hour of death, he is there. As a matter of fact, you know the three things are promised to people who die, who know Jesus Christ, and I want you to hear them today. He said, first of all, you're not gonna be alone. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And you, when you approach death's door, Jesus Christ is there to take your hand and walk you over to the other side. He said, you will not be alone when you die. The second promise is no fear of death. That man said, I had no fear. My fear went away. 365 times in the Bible, we are told to not be afraid. And every time the reason for not being afraid is given as this one, for I am with you. He walks with you through the valley of the shadow of death. You fear no evil, for he is with you. 
His rod and staff, they comfort you. When D.L. Moody, the great evangelist of the 19th century, was dying, his last words in his wife's presence were, earth is receding, heaven is approaching, this is my crowning day. He had told his audiences, one day you're gonna pick up a paper and you're gonna read that D.L. Moody has died. He told his audience, don't you believe it? Because even though I may have died physically, I will be with the Savior. To be absent from the body is to be immediately present with the Lord. That is a living hope. And then the third promise about dying is the promise of a far greater life on the other side. The Bible says, quote, that's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. You see, folks, we may want to live, and I want to live till I'm 100. As long as I can talk and walk, I'm going to preach. But you know what? On the other side, there's no more sorrow, no more tears, no more cancer, no more heartbreak, no more depression, no more extra strength, excedrin. No more need for glasses. No more need for wheelchairs. No more need for crutches. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more letdowns. No more crushed hope. It is glory on the other side. And the Bible says, our God will wipe away every tear. Can you say with me, that's a living hope. And finally, living hope to me means, and probably this is my favorite one of the three, it means you can start over. It means you can start over. I want you to remember you heard this here. When you leave and you go through your week that's coming, remember these words. The resurrection of Jesus is the answer to our broken dreams, collapsed hopes, tragic failures, and our inability to live up to our expectations. The resurrection of Jesus says, I got up from the dead. I can stand you up on your feet when you have taken a big misstep, when you have failed, when you have faltered, when your hope has been crushed. I'll stand you on your feet, breathe fresh life into your soul, give you a new reason to go on. Hope will stay alive because I am the resurrection and the life. I came to preach today. You know, I was thinking Simon Peter could give testimony to this more than anybody else. Simon Peter, one of Jesus' top three guys. Jesus looked at him and said, Simon Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed to you what you just said when he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He was thrilled. His star pupil, Simon Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, Simon, but my father who is in heaven, Simon Peter was walking on air then Jesus said, but Simon, I know you, and here's what you're going to do. Simon, you're going to deny me three times. He said, not me. I'll never let you down. I'm your guy, and I will never leave you. Jesus says, Simon, I know you inside out. I know what you got and what you don't have. I know what you can do and what you can't do. I know your weaknesses and I know your strengths. There's not one thing that arises in you, Peter, that I don't already anticipate. And he said, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. He didn't believe him. 
He thought he was rock solid. Well, Jesus got betrayed with a kiss. They carried Jesus off to court, took him in front of the Sanhedrin. You know what the Bible says about Peter? He followed from a distance. Anytime you follow Jesus from a distance, you're in trouble. He followed him, the Bible says, from a distance. They took Jesus through kangaroo court, accusing him of things he had no part in. Simon Peter sat there by a little fire in the outer court, and all that was there was a little damsel girl. And she looks at Simon Peter, the crusty old fisherman, beard, weather-beaten face, been with Jesus three and a half years, said, you are one of his disciples. He couldn't believe what came out of his mouth. I don't know him. Okay. She goes and thinks, come back, says, oh no, I know I saw you with him. He couldn't believe it again. I don't know the man. He can't believe he's like he's watching someone else talk. She comes back a third time. I am convinced you are one of them. And you know what he did? He stood up and he began to call curses down. He began to curse in a foul tongue. And he cursed saying, I never even knew him. Right then. And right then, Jesus was carried by, looked at him. I call that the look that killed. You ever felt that look? The look says, what are you doing? And the Bible says that he went out and he wept bitterly. He failed so badly. And I know what he was thinking. He's a normal man. I know what he was thinking. He was thinking, I'm the called. I've been called. He spoke over my life. And look what I've done. I've ruined my calling. I've ruined my destiny. I've ruined his purpose for me. It was so bad. He said to his friends, I'm going back fishing. Let me translate that for you. I'm going back to the bars. I'm going back to the drugs. I'm going back to the old friends. I'm going back to the old ways. I blew it so bad. He did not understand what the resurrection meant. And you know what Jesus did when he was resurrected from the dead? First thing he did, he went and found Simon Peter, called him out of the, off the sea. And I know what Simon was thinking, oh man, I'm about to get the tongue lashing of my life and then he's probably gonna send me to hell. Jesus said, Simon, do you love me? Now remember, he denied him three times. Do you love me, Simon? Oh Lord, you know, I, I like you as a friend. He didn't brag anymore. He didn't use the word agape. He used the word phileo, which means I like you as a friend, but I'm not on bragging grounds anymore. Jesus said, do you agape me the second time? Second time he said, I, I, I phileo you. I, I, I like you as a friend, Lord, but I'm not on bragging grounds anymore. I blew it. Jesus said the third time, do you even phileo me? He said, Lord, you know everything. He said three times, feed my sheep. Three denials, three reaffirmations. And the man who thought he was down and out was raised by a living hope. Come on, everybody, living hope. And so the resurrection means that we have a living hope. We can start over. I don't care what you've done, where you've been, what the mistakes you've made, my Lord, my Savior, my God, my Christ can stand you on your feet again. It is not over. There is a new chance. 
Now notice that the Bible says, how do you get this living hope? You get this living hope. It says, being born again unto a living hope. Say, Pastor, what does it mean to be? Everybody's born again. Good grief. Chuck Colson's born again. Even came out Larry Flint was born again. And politics are always talking about people being born again. What does it mean? Here's what born again means. It means you do this. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and rose again from the dead. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. And when you pray that, the Spirit of God comes to live in your heart. And with the Spirit of God comes this living hope that you can't knock down and you can't snuff out and you can't take away. Living hope. Thanks for tuning in today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 877-884-3111. You can also connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. It's no secret that our country has had some extreme challenges over the last year or two. People have been going through depression, isolation, emotional pains, disillusionment, and more, and are looking for something to grab a hold of for security. Well, the answer is not in something, it's someone, Jesus Christ. And that's what this program is all about. So here's how you can help us get this message out. Being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. And we believe that these messages with Pastor Jeff are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 877-884-3111 or at our website, hardwired.org. 877-884-3111 or go to hardwired.org. Thank you for your very generous gifts. God bless and thanks for listening to Hardwired.